Well, it's 2022 and the Cambridge Endurance Sports Podcast is back. Back with lots of great interviews starting today with Will Clark. He's an Olympian from Beijing in 2008. He's a under-23 triathlon world champion. He's a sub-eight-hour Ironman many times over. And more importantly, he's an old friend. I've wanted him on this podcast right from the start. It's been quite hard to get hold of him, but we finally got round to it. And uh, although it was over the computer and the sound quality isn't great, it was still a great chat and I hope you'll enjoy it. I'm here with Will Clark, an old friend who I've been wanting on the show right from the start, really. And uh, it's brilliant to see him, even if it is just on the screen. He's uh, still near Loughborough, is that right, Will? Uh, yeah, hey Ben. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah I live, near, live a couple of miles outside Loughborough. Um, village called Barrack on uh, So yeah, went to, went to uni here and uh, went through my professional triathlon career here. Still here, um, got a well, I've got a seven-year-old, seven, an eight-year-old lad actually who's um, going to school now. So yeah, got my roots down. I've actually been here longer than I have been here now. So yeah, yeah, you're not a Cambridge lad anymore. So so you're no longer a professional triathlete, although you do still double a bit. Is that right? So what's life like for you at the moment then, with the little boy and the coaching and everything else? Give us a little appraisal of where you're at at the moment. I retired, I retired after Hawaii 2019. Um, I had the feeling like I was, yeah, that I'd pretty much given everything that I could to uh, to the sport. I didn't really have much have much left to give. You know, you can always probably get faster, but I was pretty much done. Um, I was I was racing for a team called BMC V-Fit for, well, it was called multiple things, but it was pre- predominantly BMC with coupled with another sponsor. There was, yeah, U-Place, V-Fit, Etix, whatever. Mm. And, um, I was kind. Of, I think I was kind of waiting for them to uh, to finish with me before uh, before I stopped because it's they were kind of the guys that supported my um, my long course um, Ironman Ironman career, and I knew I knew from looking around me that it was going to it was difficult to kind of continue to pick up decent decent sponsors um, outside of outside of uh, of that. So I um, yeah, unless you're racing very well, um, so I kind of. When they chopped me, that was kind of that was my decision made for me, and I kind of um, from then I I decided to finish to finish my my, my professional career. Uh, but at the same time, I was I was, um, I was coaching for the past for the past six or seven years actually, and um, the year that I re- finished in Kona, I finished about twenty third, I think, or twenty second, yeah. and uh, I crossed the line and about half had had some lunch and that, and then about half an hour later. Um, my athlete that I uh, first started coaching um, crossed the line. She won age group, um, age group Ironman Hawaii overall. Um, so that was kind of kind of a bit of a moment where it was like, right, that's that's you done, and that's and this is your next path. You know, you you know you're you've proven yourself as a coach, and I think you you're going to get you're going to be able to build off the back of this. So um, so that was so so that's for me a clear sign that was you know yeah. obvious for me that I was going to. Yeah, that's what I was gonna gonna work on next. And I was gonna I was gonna park park the triathlon career, and um, yeah, 
and then moved towards that. And it's yeah, it, it, my my uh, coaching grew a lot over the past um, couple of years um, to the point where I'm pretty much pretty much maxed out with it at the moment. Actually, um, Ruth also coaches uh, coaches for us as well. So we have we have got a really good little thing really going really, and it's um, still keeps me involved in the sport. Still um, still really fit. You know, not not necessarily finished with racing at all, but. I just kind of I seem to flitter between between um, you know getting ambitious. Uh, yeah. yeah, at the moment it's uh, it's I'm going for a running phase where I'm really working my running and it's going really well actually. Oh, brilliant! And um, and then the cycling, um, you know, at some point I'm sure that I'll crash down and I'll pick up pick up the bike. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you I'll what, start, let's you know, the, the, the Ruth the Ruth that you mentioned. I'm guessing is Ruth Astle, yeah. Who, uh, yeah. And what, what I'd like to do is sort of work through to that. So we'll come back to that later on, if, if you don't mind. Because sure. uh, you're talking about your running there. And when I first knew you, obviously, as a kid at, at Cottenham Village College, uh, it was running and swimming that you were doing. And I remember you doing county champs and things like that. It's like, I think it's actually the county champs weekend this weekend. So that's I'm quite... doing it. I'm doing it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you're doing it for Leicestershire? Yeah, or... yeah, um, yeah. Leicestershire, yeah. Ah, brilliant. Uh, so there we yeah. go, full circle there. Can you remember when you first did it? How old you were when you first did it? Oh, I mean, I must have been like 15 probably. Yeah. Must have been, it must have been over 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely would have been, um, you know, maybe maybe longer. I mean, I used to do English schools for centuries and they were, you know, I would have represented Cambridgeshire for the first time when I was probably about 12 or something maybe. Yeah. Um, so you must have so won. Yeah, have it, you won that one, the, the Cambridge County Champs? Yeah, I have done. Yeah, 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 nice. a couple of times I think. Um, it's. I have to say, no offence. It, it's not a crazy competitive county. Well, it certainly um, wasn't. It's a bit more now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, when you go to Leicester, to Leicester, it's it's pretty tough. You've you've, you've got the Loughborough crowd. Yeah. Um, and quite 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 a few quite a few quite a few good lads from Leicester as well. So it's pretty. A pretty tough meet. Um, Tim Don's also racing it. Actually, a funny little side oh, yeah. side story. He, he he lives in the village in in, in my village as well, and we're we're, we're good buddies. He's also gonna gonna pitch up tomorrow. So driving down with him in the morning. That's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, there's your association with Tim Don. Uh, we'll go into in a minute as well. Um, but you uh, yeah, you started out with running and swimming. Um, would you say that running was your first love, and maybe still is, or are you? Do you see yourself as triathlon man, and it, triathlon is what it's all about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, by now I'm a yeah, I'm a, I'm a triathlete, but it's uh, you know, running. Running is my running is my favourite sport of the three. It's what I'm. It's probably what I'm most naturally talented at as well. Uh, and it's just so it's so pure and so easy. I mean, mm. you know, to get to the same level of cyclist cycling, you have to you have to put in 15, 16 hours a week probably. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm doing quite a lot of running at the moment, and it's working up to around eight hours a week. You know, it's 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 a doddle to squeeze in um, um, if you want to do it, and um, and yeah, you could, yeah, I, I I really enjoy it. I still feel like I can go pretty fast, especially with the new shoes, with the new carbon uh, carbon shoes, which which I've got now. Excellent. So, um, I haven't I haven't taken yeah. that step yet, but um, I'm sure had you had those, um, maybe even in your long distance career, that could maybe be one of the things that would have made a difference to your time so for those who don't I mean I'll put some of this in the notes but I mean Will's gone under eight hours three times um, or twice yeah I think I think four actually four I think, I think four yeah four times under eight hours for the iron distance and um, his you know his, his achievements in triathlon include junior world champion so junior world champion is that right 
Um, I did duathlon with Junior World Champion, yeah. I was podium. I, I won World on 23s, and you've been on 23s. That's triathlon. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, a string of other achievements, uh, including the the Cambridge and Coleridge Boxing Day race, which you've still got the record for. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. fastest I ever run that. That was actually. <laughs> so yeah, so to, for people who who don't know you so well, you started off living in Water Beach. You joined CNC. Um, you had success as a runner. How would you describe yourself? Your swimming at that stage as a youngster. Um, yeah, I mean, I started. I started off as a, I started off swimming, swimming for club. Um, when I went to Cambridge, uh, came um, sorry, Cotton Village College, which is where, where obviously I met you. Um, I picked up running from them, really, kind of that first, that first year of secondary school, and doubled, uh, I dabbled in the sprints and like high jump, I just, just for fun, really. <laughs> and then um, obviously I'm better suited to middle distance running, coming from swimming background and long distance running. So got into that, and I guess it took. I was I was half decent, but I actually I, I got a lot lot better when I started training for triathlon because I just became so much more conditioned. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean it's I mean need to mention it. I mean I think I think you you kind of you were my French teacher uh, for a couple of years in Cottenham, and um, and you you definitely uh, were were, in, were instrumental in getting me into the sport. I remember you handed me a piece of paper with. Uh, with a load of uh, a load of a load of websites to kind of crack on with and, and get looking at um, and just 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 kind of start piecing together uh, putting the pieces together and uh, figuring out where you know where next pointing me towards the right races and uh, yeah. I think you pointed me towards uh, must be you probably pointed me towards uh, days, talent, talent spotting yeah. talent spotting day at Loughborough University which yes. I went to and that's where it all started really so got always thank always always indebted to you for. Helping me, helping me make those steps. <laughs> yeah, apart from on the, on the on the crappy days when the wind's blowing in your face and you're thinking, I wish I had a, <laughs> an easier life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, I I kept on doing it for about twenty five years, so yeah. I must have must have been uh, yeah, I must have not minded too much. Excellent, and of course you did the uh, the Cottenham Triathlon that we did, the one and only. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. I, I do. Rem- I don't think you actually won it, but then you were about fifteen at the time. I think you were second, maybe. Yeah, and, I think uh, I was against uh, one of those lads was uh, on the uh, on the SAS. Are you tough enough? Uh, that's right. It was Colin. That. Colin Hill, I yeah. think his name was. He I was in the team yeah. with me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, but I do remember you were the only one who could uh, um, dodge the steps and just jump jump straight onto the stage afterwards for your prize. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So that so you're. In journey into proper triathlon, let's say, or the British triathlon um, scheme of things, started there with the talent identification, and then you moved on, obviously getting better and competing at the sprint distance, and you gradually got up to championship level. Um, have you, are you coaching any juniors now? And what do you think changed um, since then in the sport of triathlon? Let's start with at the shorter distances. So let's say Olympic distance and below. How different a sport do you think it is now? Obviously, drafting had probably just come in when you were starting, yeah. hadn't it? Well, I think it's it's just so, it's so much more mainstream. I mean, definitely when I first started, the um, I was, I was, the, I was my, me and my sister were the youngest, uh, the youngest people in Cambridge Triathlon Club. We were, I was... 15 or 16 and Rosie was about 14 or 15 I think the next next one was, was a guy called Phil Curtis and he was about five years older than us um, but like <laughs> you still know yeah if you go down to Cambridge and Cambridge Club now you'll find about 
80 kids, you know, mm. if you line them all up and they're all there at the same time, you find about 80 kids who are, who are, who are younger, who are younger than I was when I, when I started. And that was, that's, um, that's a number coming from about four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, l- l- last time I checked, I mean, who knows if it's grown, but it's, um, you know, it's a completely different sport. I mean, when I, when, when I first started, I was, you know, scratching my nuts, wondering where to go, you know, <laughs> where the hell, where the, where the hell I could do a, do a race, you know, I love it, but there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, you know, the sport was really raw and, you know, kind of unprofessional and, you know, now it's, you know, now, now it's, now it's a completely different, completely, completely different story. You know, there's, there's, there's so many races, there's a, you know, there's, you know, so many professional race organizers who are doing great jobs and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, there's, there's so much going on. It's competitive and, um, the level's high and it's, a, it's a serious sport and you've got, you've, Rather than um, you know having kids starting like me, where you know you you start up as a, as a swimmer, uh, swimmer and a runner, and then you jump to the bike at sixteen, you know now that now they're starting as triathletes and straight into it, and um, you know they're, yeah they're starting their journey as as a triathlete rather than a swimmer and a runner. Yeah. So yes, it, sports are a completely different different spot. You know races sell out. You know you have to you have to be be there at the right at the right time when it opens to get a place to some of these events, and um, yeah it's. It's yeah, different, different yeah. level, and um, I think I think some 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 of the success from the um, you know from people like the Brownleys um, in, in in the Olympics helps uh, propel propel the sport as well and sure. um, inspire people. Much like much like you saw a boom with you know when Brad when Brad when Brad Wiggins started winning Tour de France and yeah. he won Olympic Olympic gold medals in London. You you, you saw a massive boom in the sport and um, the, and the sports clubs you know started filling up. So it's um, yeah, it's been been pretty cool to witness it, and you know, surfing when I started, everyone, you know, no one, not many people, people knew what knew what the spot was, and now, you know, I could ask the next person that walks past my house here, um, you know, what the um, what what is, and, and they could tell me they could tell me the sports stars, the um, you know, the order of the of the sports, the distances, etc. Mm. And um, you know, most people most people get it now, not just because they they're living on my street and they they've seen me doing it, but in general, I. You'd, you'd, def- you'd definitely notice that people know people know the sport now, and it's a serious sport. Mm. So, as someone who's been in the sport for a long time now, let's just still sticking with the short distance at the moment. I mean, obviously, you've raced against the likes of Alistair, and you were in the Olympics with him, weren't you, in Beijing? And um, uh, you've uh, raced against Javier Gomez a lot, and a lot of the people are still around um, doing great stuff. Although there's obviously a new wave coming through. Um, what what do you think is the skill set that's needed now to be a top triathlete? When I'm saying I'm saying like national standard or above, what sort of levels of ability? I mean, people sometimes think that triathletes are a bit sort of jack of all trades and not very good, but I don't think that's that can be said now at all, can it? So, uh, what do you yeah. think a skill set sort of to get to that level is like now? Oh man, I mean. I always say that when I raced Beijing Olympics, that was that was the last year that you could win, you could win, you could win an Olympic triathlon and be kind of talented but not an utter freak. You know, <laughs> like you, you know, you, 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 to win in Beijing, you didn't have to be an alien. If you were, if you're moderately talented, well, if you're talented and you worked hard, then you worked very hard and you were very smart and you did everything right on the day. You could, you know, you, it wasn't it wasn't out of the question to, to win that one. But these days, the performances are kind of. Kind of getting towards that kind of alien, superhuman type um, type level, and you, you know the the, the the sports stars, real you know real they they really they really are incredible athletes now. Um, 
you know there is you can't really have any weakness you need to you need to you need to train very hard and be very very fit and strong in the pool um you know the level of swimming and travel is nothing compared to, to a summer but certainly 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 cycling and running you know you can you could you know most of the top guys could 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 live with any tour de france um tour de, tour de, tour de france cyclists for the majority of their training and um mm. same same goes same goes for running really we've got um Guy who won, guy who got second in the Olympics just now, Alex Yee is, um, he's got a PB of, I can remember, like 27.50 or something like that for 10k. Yeah. You know, he's, one, he's, one of the, he's one of the best runners in the UK. Um, yeah. And, you know, people people don't realise he's extremely strong on the bike as well. Mm. Um, in the qualifying race, I think he jumped across from the second group to the first group and he's only a little, a little, <laughs> little lad really. He's, you know, he's, I think he's, he's got his agent heritage, he's quite petite. Um, but he's yeah, seriously strong, seriously talented guys racing. Um, you know that same goes for long course really as well. Yeah, yeah. So if you were, if, if um, well, I know, I mean, obviously I got to be in an elite team myself, which I would be nowhere near now in the sport of duathlon. But um, if if you were um, at the level that you were at, would you think now you'd probably need more support, like maybe in terms of nutrition, equipment? I know you. Now you think a lot about aerodynamics for the long course, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But um, do you think, as a let's say someone a sixteen, seventeen year old wanting to break through, you've got to do more than just run, bike, and swim now to to make it? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you need. To, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no denying that the small details need to be covered now. When when you're when you're when you're when you're youngster as well, so it's um, you know same goes that the, the level is really high still in the um, in the juniors and it's high and it's higher than it was um, back when I was racing and uh, yeah you have to you have to kind of have those small details covered and um, you need to be surrounded you need to build your team you know build build the right people around you and have this have a you know have a team that knows what they're doing and knows how to prepare you the best um, I think I, I think I was quite a good youngster actually because I I, I actually. I saw the opportunity to, um, you know, to be a professional triathlete and to get good results. You know, it was, it was, it was all pretty raw back then. I just wanted to travel the world and, um, you know, I wanted a GB, GB t-shirt and yeah. race kit, etc. And I, I think, I think, I think I saw the opportunity and I, and I, and I just didn't, I didn't, didn't, didn't let it drift from me and worked really hard and probably, probably was one of the um, guys that was training the most um, by the time I pitched up to world, to world juniors. And I think it showed, it showed in the race because you're just a bit stronger than, than most of the guys there. Yeah. What? Well, let's just before we move on to long distance. Then, do you want to pick like a couple of highlights from your short distance career? Then that you were like your best days or the ones that are stand out most in your memory. Yeah, there's there's a it, 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 it came in waves really. So I was definitely I was definitely kind of towards my peak in about two thousand and five two thousand six. I was very very motivated and driven and um, you know kind of do whatever it takes to to kind of get to that high level and 2005 2006 started to I think I think I got my first my first world cup podium it's quite a young lad and um got um yeah I won I won world European um under 23s and I think if we go to 2007 as well actually um I also I got fifth at world um uh, world senior senior world IT senior champs yeah so um I think I think I think Frodo was sick I passed him with about 200 minutes to go or something and um, all all the, all of the big names were kind of in that one. Um, so so that was probably probably one of my best results that that, 
that I ever have actually. And it was shortly, you know, that's 2007. I mean, 2003, I was a junior still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing. I, 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 I actually think it doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that long to um, to kind of reach your peak, actually. You know, if you, if you imagine starting uni 2003 and 2006, 2007, you're pretty much, mm. you're pretty much there. And then it's the improvements from from there were very very small. So I think I think after that my my, my next years came um, my next best years came um, kind of in the build up to London to London Olympics where you're really putting everything on the line to try and qualify doing yes. everything you can again. You're very hyper hyper motivated and there's a lot on the line. And I, I also got some good results then. That's when I got my first World Series um, podium. Nice. Um, and I think could have probably got a few of those if it, if it wasn't for the um, Russians that were. That are just st- sort of slowly starting to get found out. Yeah, just now. recently, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really bitter about that. That's a long time ago. But yeah, that was a good. That was an important. Good few years for me. 2010, 2011. Um, it's kind of. It was make it or break it a bit then as well because you kind of. It's it's about the time. Yeah, you you needed to make that 2012 um, Olympic team to kind of carry on your ITU career. Yeah. So you and obviously you know what an opportunity it would be to like. To race at home Olympics, so I yeah. um, think yeah, I went to went to Australia those years and trained trained the hardest that I've ever trained. Really, haven't trained as hard since. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, those were my kind of biggest years, really. And then I think you yeah. know, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. I think those are my biggest years in the sport. And then after that, to be honest, if I look back, probably was treading water a bit a bit you know i was still racing to a half decent level but i used all of my matches in those years and um mm. since then i was kind of you know half decent training reasonably hard but not quite the same right right yeah yeah i remember watching you down in london must have been 2011 i think when you did the qualification race there and you were well up there um well, well i don't know if it was a qualification actually but it was the hyde park race it would have uh, been actually yeah 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 uh yeah you were obviously going great guns there and definitely one of the top names in the sport and uh yeah it's you mentioned tim don before and of course we'll, we'll just touch on it um you, you'd raced at beijing in the olympics so uh, you're an olympian thank goodness and most of us were expecting you to be an olympian in 2012 as well um obviously the brownleys had qualified hadn't they and then the third place was discretionary um and there was you, there was Tim Don, who is now your friend, and Stuart Hayes sort of in the running. Uh, am I right in saying that you were actually the highest ranked of the three when the date came? Yeah, I think so. I mean, looking back, I mean, with no ego, probably they could have picked me and Tim for the for the for the uh, for the first spot. Really, um, mm. I had I had that World Series podium, second place, you know, uh, the year before. So so normally that would be. A, That'd be kind of quids in really, and I kind of I think I had I think I was pretty confident after that that I'd that I'd get in. Um, but yeah, they um, in the end I think they came to me in they came to me in about April the year of the Olympics and said you need to get a podium in the next two World Series races, otherwise we can't select you. Mm. And um, these let me tell you, these podiums come around very unless you're brown you're a brownie. These podiums come around very very infrequently, and it's extremely hard to get to. Well, that's the thing. Um, they, those two and Javier Gomez were basically filling up the podium most races, weren't they? Yeah, there you go, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, And then, of course, in Olympic year, you've got all these people who are, who are coming out of the woodwork in, in their best ever, ever, ever shape. So they basically made it impossible so they could pick whoever they wanted to go. 
And in the end, they didn't pick. Um, they, they didn't pick um, either me or Tim. They picked uh, Stewie, which made it a bit awkward because he was one of my best. He's one of my best buddies as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, you know, there have been many controversial selections in various sports, haven't there, over the years, and yours was certainly one of them. But it's good to hear that you're not, you know, that you, you're giving Tim his, his due on there as well. And obviously he's been a great athlete over the years. Um, and another one, along with, you mentioned Frodo before, for the listeners who aren't that familiar with triathlon, you're referring to Jan Frodeno, who actually won in the Beijing Olympics. And then later on, he, he did, did he race in London before? Going to long yeah, course. he did. Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, he did. He didn't race that well. He finished about tenth, I think, yeah. or eighth, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously he's then gone on to dominate um, at at long course, three time Hawaii champion, and uh, yeah, he's yeah, just he's probably one of the best guys in the sport, isn't he? Probably. Yeah, so. we've got we've got the Norwegians appearing now, but uh, if, before they've well, I think he's probably still better than them actually, but we'll, but we can talk about that in a minute. But so your your transition to long course was. Uh, was uh, sort of quite a tricky one, I think, particularly with referring referring yeah. to referring to the bike because you had to really learn the art of being on a time trial yeah. bike for a long time, didn't you? Yeah, it's it's just a funny one because I was I was going from a you know fairly steady career in in short course racing, you know, it's very very punchy racing, explosive. There's not a lot of you know, there's not it's gone. There isn't much going on with aerodynamics there. It's, it, you're, you're running road bike, so you don't have to focus on it too much, especially when most of us didn't have a clue what we're doing um, with, 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 with aerodynamics in that era anyway. We, we're kind of, kind of just riding. Mm. And the, um, yeah, it's so really I kind of kind of finished finish up my, my short course career and then went to, went to long course and didn't really have any, you know, kind of have, have my savings, had, had a few kind of low paying sponsors. Um, and then all of a sudden you're on your own. There's no federation around you. There's no, there's no, um, no one's looking after you, holding your hand. It's, it's just up to you to carve out your career from there. Really, you've, you've got your raw skills, swimming, cycling, and running. Um, you've got a lot of fitness banked, but you're in a completely different world with completely different athletes. Um, you know, racing, racing races that you want to do, but you have, to, but you have to pay to get there. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to figure out, figure out sponsorships again, and um, you know what I need to do to be successful here. So. So yeah, it's, um, it was an interesting one actually looking back, and um, you know at the same time that first year that I um, first year that I started racing, um, Claire, you know Fre- Freddie Freddie came along. It was a bit mm. of a surprise. <laughs> it's a bit of a surprise as well. We didn't know it was happening, but but he but he came along, which obviously puts an extra stress on it financially, and you know we also had to figure that out as well as as well as what we're doing. So I remember being in. I remember being in to you know to give an example. You know, we went to Claire and I went to Boulder in in, in the US to train, and it, I think if I throw some numbers at it, probably costed us about four thousand dollars to go there yeah. off my own back. And then went to went to race in Oceanside in California, um, got drops on a bike. You know, I think trundled around a bit on the run, finished about tenth. You know, made made no prize money. Thought, Jesus, what the hell am I doing? Mm. Then um, went back to Boulder, trained a bit, went to took an internal flight to Florida, got got smashed in Florida as well. Um, you know, I think I even pulled out on that one. I, I got to about five k to go on the run, and I, I, I thought I, I can't. I literally can't finish. I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then went to another race in in um, Florida. Kind of kind of similar story. Got got you know got really found out on the bike, and then went to straight from Florida to Saint Croix, and I finished second there. I was racing 
yeah, I think I did. It was a, it was it was a, it was a funny race. So um, by, by that time, I spent around seven or eight thousand dollars, you know, doing this off my own back. Hmm. Got to um, got 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 to Saint Croix. I got I got out of the water about seventh. Got dropped. Um, I didn't pass anyone on the bike. It was lashing it down. There was mud all over the road, <laughs> and somehow I got onto the run third. And then hmm. the guy who was leading by about ten minutes just all of a sudden passed out on the side of the road because hmm. he was because he had he had heat stroke or something. So then I'm in second, and then I crossed the line second. It was my first seventy point three podium, um, and because I got the got the podium finally I, I made some money back I, 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 I got some bonuses from my sponsors uh, made made the money back that I lost mm. and then I signed a I signed a contract for with BMC with BMC um, for the next well it was a two-year contract but it ended up going on for six years mm. um, and then you're back and then you're back and then you've got the support of the team who were really good and took care of all my equipment paid my salary and um, kind of helped helped guide me through my through my long course career really and then kind of from then I was off and I was I was doing I was doing fine again. Mm. But it's a bit of a journey and it's definitely I definitely found I found it really tough learning to ride the time trial bike and um, you know, getting getting used to that style of riding, you know, it's, it's very flat, um, you know, very fat flat power profile. Just basically get your head down, hold a aggressive position and ride as hard as you can. Mm. Um, so it took me it took me a while to figure that out actually and it, it was only kind of three or four years later that I finally started to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that some one of the things that you're passing on to people that you coach now? Is that a big part of it, like the uh, the aerodynamics? Do you stress that even for people at a relatively low level, or do you uh, think? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's everything. Like I, looking back, I just wish I'd I wish I'd uh, you know yeah. It's just you, you have to kind of follow your gut a bit with with equipment choices and things like that. And it's sometimes it's difficult when you're on on the wrong bike, for example, or, or you're even given equipment yeah. that doesn't really suit you. That was another struggle with me. Um, but it's yeah, it's a uh, you you kind of it's kind of aerodynamics overpowered to some extent. You have to you have to really focus everything on it, and it's an ever ever moving situation. So you have to every year you go back to it and you revisit it, and mm. you know you have to think about you know potentially going to the wind tunnel or or going on the velodrome and you know uh, paying a, paying a bunch of guys to kind of t- to to do the maths and do the mechanics for you. Mm. Um, you know, sourcing bits of equipment, etc. So it's a uh, it's a massive part of the sport, and it's it's something that everyone is doing it now as well. And everyone's mm. everyone's everyone's really dialed, and everyone everyone really knows what they're doing on the bike. Mm. So if you if you don't do it, you, you're doing it just to keep up, really. <laughs> mm. And then to go beyond there, you need to be you need to be super you need to be super strong as well. So yeah, so it's it's um it's an interesting one. Yeah, is is that where you think you then made the jump up so that you became more competitive and you were doing better once you'd dialed that in is that was that a big yeah. factor i think i was always there i was my my power was always there nothing changed but i just got better at riding the bike i just got better aerodynamically and yeah. um yeah there's a reason why people go to the wind tunnel to and spend you know 800 pounds you know going to the wind tunnel to figure out if it's better to have the hands like horizontal or vertical or whether it's better to have the bottle between the butt, between the arms, or it's maybe maybe better to have two behind the seat, etc. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a funny part of the sport. Yeah. So um, in your, co- I mean, um, well, let's go on to like, talk about Ruth then, who you mentioned at the beginning, um, Ruth Astle, because she's just won two, I believe, Ironman races, hasn't she? And she's known for being really aerodynamic on in her position. Yeah. So looking at her, she looks almost like she's going downhill all the time. 
Um, yeah. Is is that um, something that is there any any special tricks there involved, or and is that something that you work on with the athletes you coach? Could you can you maybe give a few tips to uh, people who might be listening who are who haven't got eight hundred pound to spend on a wind tunnel, but have maybe yeah. got a small budget to spend on getting a bit more aero. I mean, we we all know about a disc wheel and things like that, but in, actually in terms of the, the sort of slightly more advanced point, so things in terms of maybe of position refinements or extra bits of kit or what what would you yeah. give as tips? First of all, talk about it's... Ruth. What changed with Ruth, if any, if anything? Yeah, I think with Ruth, um, with Ruth, she for a start, she's actually she's about she's about five foot three. Or maybe even five foot two. So she's um, and she's she's small in the upper body, and she's got she's got big strong legs. Yeah. So she's literally perfect. She's she's like a bullet on 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 the bike. And yeah. I think she's she's very natural running position, and she's also a very smart girl. She's a she was a banker at Lloyd's. Yeah. You know she's 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 very switched on. So she knows she knows how much of a difference it makes. Um, yeah. So she kind of throws everything out going to see going to see the right guys. Like we. Um, I, she comes down here and we visit. We visit Matt Boxall together, yeah. who kind of hooked up. Hooked up a lot. A lot of people in. in uh, he, well, he coached me. He coached me for a couple of years, and he, he works with Tim Don, etc. So he's, yeah, he's 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 the go-to guy for aerodynamics. Mm. But I think in general, um, if I kind of, I mean, simple things you can do. You can you can have a mirror set up in front of you when you're riding a bike, and you just make yourself as small as possible, mm. and you just train to hold that. So if you can. If you have, always have your turbo in the right place, you can almost draw a bit of tape on the um, on the mirror. And when you mm. when you're riding, you bite hard. You you constantly try and keep your head um, under line, and yeah. you potentially even draw vertical lines on the mirror as well. So you know, so you, so you can scrunch your shoulders like that. And um, that's a good tip. Yeah. Make, make yourself as small as possible. But probably one of the biggest mistakes people make is they just slam their they slam their seat forward mm-hmm. and they slam their bars down. And mm. that's not you know that's that's kind of yeah, that's you're you're totally guessing. It, it could be, you know, if you're anything like me, actually, you need to go backwards. I mean, the whole time we thought forwards down is better, but actually, for me, it was backwards. It was distribute your weight more evenly across the bike, so you're not putting too much pressure on your on your elbows, and mm-hmm. you're not putting and you're not sitting on putting all your putting all your weight on the seat, so you so you're getting a sore butt. Mm. You know, you're able to kind of push back, push back into the um, into the saddle. Mm. Um, obviously, if you're longer as well, it helps flatten out your back. So um, yeah, it's it's really it's really it really is trial and error. Um, you know, having the right size cranks. So a, a big mistake people make is sometimes is having too long cranks. Mm-hmm. Actually, you kind of it's good to go shorter, so you've got more clearance and you can hold a more aggressive position. Um, do you find that that actually makes it? Has that made a difference? The length of the cranks, do you think, significant? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, it's you know if you um, if you if you're not particularly mobile and you're Using big cranks, then you'll find that your hips are hips are rocking quite a lot, and you can't mm. you can't ride as compact because your knees essentially coming coming too close to your chest. Mm. So if you can open up your hips with shorter cranks, that makes a mm. that makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, I think just really just understanding the difference of the you know the tiny details, like even even sitting up halfway through a race and taking a drink. Yeah, you know it's it's got dire it's got dire consequences for your for your for your, for your speed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's no, it's never ending this stuff. I mean, you know, there's how it's it's not in your position on the bike and how strong you are, and it's it's also how you're riding the course. So obviously, you know, 
Whereas before I would hit a hill and I'd be out of the saddle pumping and trying to keep my power up, actually back off your power, you know, ride up steady, climax your effort over the top of the hill. And then when you're back up to speed, then kind of take a recovery, take a mm. drink, maybe. Mm. Um, you know, obviously when you're going faster, hold hold a better position. So, you know, the faster you go, the more important aerodynamics sure. is. So, so much going on there. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, just, just, I think the takeaway really is understanding the, that small differences make, you know, really go really, like a really long way with us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously people talk about uh, marginal gains, but they certainly add up, don't they? They're probably not marginal. Yeah. They're not marginal, are they? Some of them. Um, and no. I, I, did, I mean, we've talked about how brilliant the athletes are now that they're they're aliens in some you know in some respect. You know, with like Christian Blumenfeld maybe having a VO two max in the nineties or whatever. But but it does mean that what the guys were doing in the old days, you know, like Mark Allen, Dave Scott, without any of that on crappy bikes and completely unaerodynamic, yeah. flapping in the wind, and they weren't that much slower. Yeah, you know, yeah. it shows they were pretty amazing too, doesn't it? They were, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some freaks. There were definitely some freaks in, the, in that in that in that era as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, you've had a few coaches in your time, haven't you? Um, I know you've been coached by Luke Van Leerd, who's one of the only ones, maybe the only yeah. one, to have won at Hawaii on debut, and um, you had some different coaches up at Loughborough. Do you think? Tell, tell us a bit about. Um, who you've enjoyed working with the most and why, and maybe how they've influenced your current coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've won coach for a long time, about eight years, actually. Um, and he was, he was fantastic, but he actually got chopped when um, he got, I think he, he lost his job when, actually, when I kind of bummed out a little bit in Beijing 2008. In hindsight, actually, it, it wasn't bumming out. I got 14th and it was actually, mm. I'll take that yeah. now. Didn't back then. And neither did British Triathlon, so hence he got he got chopped. <laughs> but, um, so who was that? Was that Dan? He was yeah. He's called Dan Sasedo. Yeah, he was he was a great guy. He mm. wasn't he wasn't for everyone, but he I certainly got on fantastically with him, and he was mm. a great great guy. And he's a, got a lot got, got a lot of respect for him. Um, from then, it was kind of con, kind of constantly on the search for something new a little bit, and uh, trying to trying to put the trying to put the puzzle together a bit, trying to figure out what what I was missing and where I could find it. Um, so I must have had about six or seven coaches for the second half of my career, and um, yeah, the probably the best coaches I had, probably the one that I learned the most from was Luke Van Leer actually, because he he for the first time showed me, you know, I was I was obsessed with doing kind of as much as possible and being as you know, yeah, doing as much training as possible before. He was more focused on um, he was the first guy and also the first guy out of out of the UK. So he is, mm. he, he's not kind of copying any, any models from the UK. He's coming at it from Belgium, fresh approach. This is how I did it. This is how we do it over in Belgium. Um, and it was, it was very much, I was shocked by how little I, how little I was doing, but how good I could still be. Mm. Um, and that was really nice because obviously as a, as a father and, um, I don't want to be training 30 hours a week. I, I, I also don't want to be exhausted all the time. I want to do, I want to be as good as I can off of off of less, please. Yeah. And uh, he he was the first guy who who showed me what I could do off of less, and actually, recoveries, you know, just almost just as important. Um, and um, and yeah, doing things well, I guess. You know, it's a uh, it's no point in doing thirty hours a week if it's just if it's kind of trashy and you're and actually the most important thing is that you can, you can sustain it. Um, it's 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 in it's in control still. And Luke was the first guy that kind of kind of showed me that I could do that. Mm. Um, and that's probably, 
where most of my training philosophy kind of came. It's a mixture of everything probably that I've learned, but it's definitely influenced by him because I, at the end of the day, I'm working with you know predom- almost almost all um, amateur athletes. Um, they're, they're good amateur athletes, you know, most of them. But um, are they mostly long course people, or are you doing all? Yeah, they're almost all long course. Yeah, um, yeah, between seventy point three and Ironman. Um, but obviously, if I can if I can get them going fast off of less. You know, not not completely strip them of all the energy and keep 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 them up doing turbos until ten o'clock at night. Then you want to a winner, really. So hmm. trying to teach them, you know, trying to yeah, that's definitely one of my uh, one of the things I carried through to my to my coaching is um, yeah, how can we do this off of less and how can I get you to the race feeling motivated and really fit hmm. and, and well prepared. And is your coaching a combination of um, online and face to face? Yeah, it's mostly online actually. Um, most of the people I coach are, are in London um, in, seri- in serious jobs. Mm. Um, then I have uh, I coach about eight people from Saudi Arabia actually, which is mm-hmm. interesting, which is quite cool. And you know they're some of the best people. They, you know they're, they're they're awesome people as well. Really really nice. Mm. And um, and then I well, there's a there's a Brazilian guy in there who's probably one of the best age groupers um, in the world actually. Oh, yeah. Um, we can, we we've actually never spoken because he can't speak English and um, and I can't speak Brazilian, but we kind of or Portuguese. Yeah, I'm sending him. I'm sending him a plan, and he's yeah. I'm sending him a plan, and he's getting on with it basically. Brilliant. Ah. Um, yeah, and then some Israelis. Just one one is one Israeli guy actually, hmm. and then yeah, bit of a mix. Uh, all under the Riot Racing Club banner, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's. I didn't, I'm not sure I intended it to be like this. I just, I just didn't want to call it Will Clark coaching or anything like that. I just wanted something that was a bit, bit more, bit more fun and a bit cooler. Yeah, I think I, think and, I would um, quite like that name actually. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's cool because it's it's turned into a bit of a community actually, and they're, um, you know, a lot a lot of these guys you know haven't really met each other, but actually they 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 meet about they meet race and they kind of they kind of know each other, you know. The, most of them know each other by now through yeah. through camps or um, or, or racing, mm. and they, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of friendships that have come from this, and and they also inspire, they also inspire each other to be better as well. Yeah, cool. So it's been it's been a it's been a real success in that respect. It's like um, it's brought a lot of re- like really like really nice people together, and there's been a lot of friendships and a lot of success for it really. Yeah. Maybe a bit ironic that you've got bankers and uh, rich Saudi Arabians calling themselves rioters, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. if we if we take one such athlete, like let's take you know your everybody's different as we all know, and everybody needs different things. We've all got different weaknesses, different amounts of time available, different ages. You know, you can go on forever on individual variation. But um, let's take someone who's got a full time job, who's maybe around a. 10 hour Ironman type level um, is your have you got a sort of fixed idea of how these people should prepare um, their season and then um, within that a, a particular week or do you make it very different for everybody um, do you have a particular philosophy as regards periodization and about um, weekly structure yeah so I like I definitely like the Sorry, you're just cutting out, Will. Can you start that Sorry. answer again? I definitely like the, the reverse periodization model. So I like to start with, I start with, um, we have a, a bit of an end of season break, and then the first thing you do is kind of get into it for three weeks, just just easy aerobic training. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then I like to, when they're ready, I like to go in with some pretty yeah with with some with some VO two stimulus. So we do we do VO two uh, one VO two session on the bike and one VO two session on the run. Um, and it, it's I think the most important thing from that is it, it doesn't the sessions don't come from nowhere. So it's not it's not all of a sudden I'm setting you twelve four hundreds on the on the track or anything like mm. that. It's it's very much like it comes you you build up to it to, to the peak and then when we got what we needed out of it, which is traditionally you know just before Christmas, we park it and the VO two stuff's done then. And then we're moving on to on to strength endurance training for and base training for the um, for most of the winter for the for the rest of winter. So from from January to April, really, it's it's a it's the right mixture of um, endurance training. So just just done kind of classic endurance rides and runs. Um, obviously, these days you break it up on Zwift. So you build mm. I build a session and you know for to keep them entertained and, and run meetups etc. on Zwift. Nice. Um, but it's, um, I think, I think if you're time limited, you need to make the sessions count. So normally we'll definitely, there, there isn't much pootling around in there. Normally there's going to be some sort of tempo, tempo training to, to be, to be getting on with as, as long as the athlete can handle it. Mm. Um, if, if they're not as conditioned, then there'll be less of that. But for most of the conditioned guys, normally there's something to be getting on with. Um, mm. I definitely, whereas in the past I was, it was very much, very much, we're 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 going easy or we're hard for seventy point three and Ironman training. There's I I always you know there's, there's a lot of tempo stuff in there. So mm-hmm. actually, you know there's there's kind of only probably you know two or three sessions in there that are just just easy like um, cruising along, and the rest there's some tempo or or some sweet spot type training to be to be getting on with. Um, but just really, to be clear, by, by tempo, are you talking about just sub threshold yeah. or? Uh, so, yeah, I call it sub threshold as well. Um, so it's just it's 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 all it's all it's all below threshold, and I think I think key really is we're trying to for Ironman and ten point three training we're trying to um, we're trying to really bring on the um, that first threshold that fat burning threshold. Mm. So we're trying to raise that raise that threshold as high as we can. So working above and below it, but um, the aim of the game really by the time you get to the season is that your fat threshold is that first lactic turn point is as mm. high as we can get it. And if we can get it a bit higher than the year before, then we've um, then it's been a good winter and sure. um, jobs jobs done really. Mm. Um, obviously, yeah. And then similar similar with the running, really. Um, the running you have to tiptoe around people, and everyone's a bit different because it's obviously in uh, lots of people are prone to injuries and stuff. So you have to really you have to really be careful with um, with what you're selling people. And um, you know it's it's all been a complete waste of time if someone gets injured off the back of what you're selling them, and it's uh, it. Tell you now, it feels it feels awful as a coach giving someone a stress reaction or sure. worst case scenario a stress fracture. So I, I try and avoid that <laughs> as, best I, as best I can. <laughs> Likewise. Okay, well we've got about um, five or six minutes left. So just before I forget, um, I always ask people what their favourite session is. So it can be any of the three sports or combining them. Uh, so for yourself, first of all, and then as a coach, what do you like setting um, best? Have you got? A, can you give us a? a perfect session a love one that you maybe look yeah. forward to or dread <laughs> um i'll give you my my personal one yeah is a personal favorite session is a 12 12k fartlek I, I do it in a 12k or a 16k mm-hmm. and it's you warm up for 2k easy and then you do you do 8k let's do the 12k one we do 8k where you do 90 seconds kind of above threshold so pretty pretty you know Hurts. Pretty much as fast as you know. Let's say ninety-five percent effort, and then you recover with 
and then you recover for the rest of the K. So, so the K, the third K flags up. You do 90 seconds fast, and then you do, and then for the rest of the K, you kind of trot it in how, how you feel. Mm. And I think traditionally doing that set, people always kind of overachieve a bit, and they they they, they normally come home with a real nice average speed for that for that block of 8K, mm. probably for the whole run. Mm. And it's perfect because you've got a bit of speed work in there, and you've got a bit of tempo work in there, probably. Mm. And the average speed for the whole block's good, so it's been a real, a real good kind of um, training stress um, mm. run. And um, it's also, it's fun, and it's also kind of optional how fast you're running on the easy, so you can kind of, yeah. it's, it's, it's low stress. So you start off, you kind of, it's one of those you kind of get into after work, and you can't really be, be bothered to run, but actually you come back and you've done really well. Mm. Yeah, so I like, I, like I like that session a lot. Um, bang for bang for your buck sessions is anything for me is anything with hills. Mm. So, I think one of my favourite sessions is a, is a twenty minute twenty minute tempo on the flat. And by t- I say tempo, but I mean kind of more like threshold. So really, the twenty minutes is getting close to to a best effort almost. Um, just j- just because it's twenty minutes, it's like a long session, so you're going to be you, you're going to be heading that way. Mm. Uh, then you take three minutes off. I think normally I kind of encourage a bit of either, either walk or or stop, mm. walk around. And then eight times thirty second um, fast hills off the back of it, so you so you're really building that strength in the back yeah. in the back end. Steep and that's hills, my yeah. favourite. Uh, yeah, probably not steep, too steep because it kind of it puts stress on the. Um, you'd have to worry about worry, you'd have to worry about that in Cambridge, but around yeah. here you kind of need to choose your hills a bit. Yeah. Um, that's a great session, and then on the bike. Um, question. Um, yeah, I mean. I remember you used to do, you used to do some uh, low cadence stuff that I borrowed from you. I remember you sent me, uh, or we chatted about um, maybe it was like six times six minutes on a gradual yeah. hill in a big gear. I think that's quite a good session. It's still, I think, yeah, I still, I still do it a lot. It's still my, it's still a really good bang for your buck session. Um, I think, yeah, it's perfect for for building strength and building torque. Mm. Um, I also like, um, I mean. It kind of sucks, but a, a three times twenty minute sweet spot session mm. with um, with ten minutes recovery, it's mm. you know with some with some openers either side. So maybe if you do three times three times one minute kind of VO two max either side of it as well, it's sure. really that's another really good session. And if you can if you can handle that and get through that feeling good and holding your power in the last twenty, then it's been um, then you then you then you're in good shape as well. Nice one, really good, like those, and. Uh... Food. What's your favourite pre-race meal or other food that you want to mention? Uh, um, oh, you're you're more keen on the post-race drink than the pre-race food, aren't you? Yeah, I do like it. Yeah, but tell you when you do Ironman, you it's it, it becomes less of a thing because yeah. everyone's too tired. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, I, I do like I do I do like my post-race drink. I like a celebration after the race. Yeah. Um, and regarding pre-race again like Ironman kind of ruins it because you you really want to be eating simple food hmm. um without without much yeah like, some someone told me once just 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 pick foods with like two or three ingredients and leave it at that yeah Keep it like, a, like a pasta, pasta and a sauce and leave it at that some cheese on top hmm. um but yeah it's um that's that's traditionally what i eat for a race tonight i'll have um i'll have pasta i'm i'm, I'm, I'm racing tomorrow so yeah have pasta something like that Excellent. Well, yeah. I try and avoid bread. I try and avoid too much bread these days, actually. To bloat, don't want to bloat up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think there's a. I, I, I think the whole pasta pasta party thing is is kind of it's kind of dying a bit. I think mm. it's it's actually 
it's two or three days before that you need to be eating like that, and then mm. the days before the race you just eat like a normal, mm. like a normal person, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's enough. Like there's, some, there's only so much glycogen we can take. Sure. Sure. Well, so much I could talk to you about on, on that. We could get very technical about nutrition, coaching, everything. But uh, I just want to end my last question. I just want you to think back to your Cambridge days and just um, maybe just, is there anything you want, anyone you want to say hello to back in Cambridge? Anything you want to pick out about Cambridge that you think Cambridge needs to sort out that it hasn't done yet in terms of its sporting clubs and atmosphere or anything that you remember particularly fondly? A message to Cambridge or Cottenham or Water Beach? Or yeah, wherever. I mean, it's, yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got real, real fond memories of my Cambridge days. You know, for sure. I mean, I think, I think Cambridge, Cambridge Triathlon Club was a, was a fantastic club to um, start off. I had many good friends there. Um, I think if I went back there now, there, there wasn't, there, there wouldn't be too many people that's, that were that, that were there when I started. No. Um, but really, really enjoyed those days. And you know, I think, I think one of the um, we used to we used to do a um, we used to do eight thirty swim till about. What was it? It was now at 15 or something. On the Saturday um, morning? Yeah, to about 9.15. Yeah, I think that's drive, maybe changed a bit, but it's still there, the session, yeah. Yeah, I used to drive home 15 minutes. Um, then I used, to, I used to nail some food as quick as possible, and every every minute counted at, <laughs> at that time. Mum would, mum would already have my food, breakfast on the table, it was whatever it was. It's normally, normally, something, normally something fun, like a bacon sandwich or a sausage sandwich or something, um, some cereal, and then get changed as quick as you can. And get out the door on your bike, and it was it was like fifteen minutes. I used to meet them meet them like ten minutes into their ride, I used to mm. intercept them, and then it was it was three hours on the bike. And especially in the early days, man, they used to, they, they were the hardest rides because mm. I was I just didn't have I wasn't fit. I was a young guy. I used to get hammered, <laughs> and then um, yeah, I used to go to uh, used to go to Thai. Was it is it place in Melbourne for um, for coffee and cake in the Garden Centre? Yeah, Everyone else I think used to have coffee and cake. And I used to have full English. I thought nothing of having a full English on on the, on the free hour ride because I was so dead. <laughs> and then um, used to ride from there to WH Smith Cambridge Station for a um, to work for three or four hours. <laughs> and um, I definitely think those were my. I used to get through the door. I used to steal a Red Bull from the fridge and have it have a sneaky Red Bull bit um, down down the down below the till. And those those are definitely you know those are the days that kind of formed me as, as, as an athlete and kind of that was. That, those are my hustling days that yeah. made a big difference and kind of yeah there was uh, yeah. formation years foundation years and um, quite fun memories and I think if I if I, if I tell that story now to people it, it, they still think it's pretty nuts and I think it's nuts here <laughs> being here now but it was yeah it was, that's how much I wanted to do the sport and uh, you know had a good company doing it as well oh, nice one well I mean it's been great um, you know, I'd love to have you back on to talk in more detail about things in in the future. But it's been brilliant chatting to you and catching up with you. And uh, you know, I think you're definitely the star of male triathlon, at least in in Cambridge and uh, Waterbridge yeah. in Cambridge. And everyone should be very proud of you. And I hope people listening, uh, uh, if they weren't Thanks, aware mate. before, are aware um, of what a great star we we produced. Even if he has gone to Leicestershire now. Thanks, mate. But I'm telling now um, one of the biggest events I've got earmarked for this year that's keeping me at the moment is Cambridge Half. Oh, you're coming back. So, but I, I don't want to just come back. I want to go back and run like a 105, 106. Um, and you heard there's, it there's, here a lad, first. There's, a, there's a few lads I've got my eye on as well that I want to beat, mm. but I'm not sure it's possible, but, but I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, well, we've got um, one or two former guests on here like Jonathan uh, and Chris and 
uh, yeah, others who've, uh, who, who are putting on yeah. some pretty good time. So, uh, Jonathan Escalante Phillips. Yeah, he's he's now and gone sub fourteen. Yeah, I don't know if Jack Gray will do it because we had to um, uh, disqualify him because he ran with someone else's number a couple of years ago. So. Uh, oh yeah, oh, well, that's just me then. Yeah. but uh, I'm not sure. I can, I've actually I've been stalking him on Strava and he runs about he runs at least 100 miles a week. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I've got. I'm not. I'm not putting in those. I'm not putting in that sort of shift. So. But I'll be, I'll be really, ha- I really want to do the race, and I want to do well as well. Because, oh, well. Um, I think it's, it's a bit, it's a bit long overdue to have a good race there. Yeah, oh, and, great. Um, I think I just fancy running around my old haunt, to be honest, and seeing you guys. Definitely. Oh well, we'll catch up then. If not before, that's only less than two months away now. So uh, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll report on that definitely. Fantastic, yeah. Will. Well, all the best to your family, your sister. Is, it, is your sister? She's not triathlon in any way now, is she? Uh, no, but, not, no. No, yeah. but uh, yeah. all the best to all your family and we'll catch up soon thanks ever so much Will Great. thanks thanks, buddy Cheers. well I hope you enjoyed my chat with Will there I certainly did and I've got lots more coming your way in the coming weeks so please subscribe or follow us on Instagram Facebook and get in touch if you've got a suggestion for a guest or perhaps even want to be on yourself in the meantime as I always say keep enduring